Welcome to another show of Real Unreal. I'm Jordy, and this is episode three. I've got a real special show for you guys today. I'm going to be speaking to a long lost friend of mine, Cat. Ever have one of those friends where you get along so well and you spend so much time with each other, and then all of a sudden they just move, and it's been like eight years since you've seen them? Well, that's what happened with me and my friend Kat. So I got in touch with her and I told her about the show and she was keen to catch up. So here's the conversation I had with her. Yes, finally got ya. You got it. Um, can you hear me alright? Is everything all good? Yeah, 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 can you hear me? I don't want to speak your phone. Is that alright? Yeah, that's fine. You have me any way you want me. (laughs) (laughs) Any way you want me, baby. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Perfect speakerphone and then a short charger. So who's... Away from it. Set the um, scenery for me. This, uh, where where are you? What's around you? I'll set the scenery. So I'm in Aranui. Uh, it's not the best place in Christchurch. It's got a bit of a reputation. Oh yeah. There's a bu- there's um, a bunch of weed on the floor. I can see it. I'm looking at it. I want to vacuum it, but uh, the baby's sleeping, so I can't do that. There's three dogs. There's Mocha, Sheba, Rascal. Cool. Is this a, so what's the gig that you got here? You're like nannying the house or you got a you got a child in the house? I've given birth to a child. You have no I wouldn't know about that. No, that is that what happened? Oh, oh god. That's what happened. We were so close and then I never heard from you again. Who is Who impregnated you? Uh just a random, just a donor. <laughs> Where the love of love of your life? <laughs> swap, swap my womb for an ounce of weed. It was a good deal. <laughs> if you're yeah. happy, I'm happy with your <laughs> choice. <laughs> pro, pro life, pro choice. No, <laughs> um, no, 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 absolutely. Um, no, I'm. I work full time. I'm working full-time. I do... So I work for, like, a horticulture kind of, kind of gardening place. Yeah, right. And that place is just... It's just full of dodgy people that are all just growing a bunch of drugs, really. Which is fine. It's kind of amusing. It's not really stimulating. No. And then, uh... Nah. Not at all. <laughs> it's a bit dra- It's just draining. <laughs> it's really draining, actually. I hate it. And then um, I still do, I did my embalming a few years ago for like a mortician. 
Yeah, I was, Emma was telling me that you were doing, um, and even just like from the little bits that I saw, I wasn't very, um, what, active on the social media scene, <laughs> like when we kind of drifted apart, not that we drifted apart, but you had to move away, so, but yeah. then, then every time I did see something, um, with you, you were either just like hanging out with like something dead or... <laughs> or like yeah or collect dead things and then work with dead things yeah I like so, it. <clears throat> oh, tell yeah, me all about that because that was kind of going to be your next like path of being a mortician or something like that yeah so how did that's you, how I did it yeah how'd you get into it like when, when did that come up was that something that you always wanted to do or it just kind of came up no, I always wanted to do it. When I was, like, maybe... It would have been, like, when I was 14, moved to New Zealand, I think I spent, like... I would have written to the hospital here and asked if I could, like, work in the mortuary, and they're like, oh, that's a bit strange. doesn't really work that way. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> okay, cool. That's fine. I'll try again later. And then, yeah, so I did my commercial broadcasting and journalism... Yeah, I, I remember listening to, to a radio um, segment with you. That was... Was <laughs> so that was, was happening. Yeah, that's what. All right. So you were doing the radio thing for a bit, and then, yeah. and then you got. So I, I think, yeah, I just like everything. Like it was like I wanted to do that since I was a kid as well. I took that off the list. I was working in the industry and hated it. I hated all the people. It's just not me to be one of those. I'm just not that kind of person. Yeah. And then I just, not me. So in between finishing that and still working, I worked at an independent station, which was amazing. That was heaps of fun with a friend. Mm. And then I started writing letters because you can't study. In New Zealand, I don't know if it's the same everywhere, but in New Zealand you can't study in farming unless you're already employed by the industry. Really? So I just, yeah, so it was really rough. So I just like I've always, Definitely, yeah, I just put myself out there and wrote these massive letters of not trying to sound not creepy, but why I'd be ideal for working with the deceased and putting yeah, people back yeah. together. Yeah, well, yeah, it's so, a legitimate job, like, um, but, like, I guess, like, if you uh, have an interest in it, like, like, but how uh, else are you meant to get into that industry? Like, you you meant to just like get the well, job think, and not be interested in it. Like there is, you have to be, I guess, comfortable with death and be working around yeah. that. So how do you write? What do you write when you say, Hey, I want to be like, and what was it about the job that you wanted to be involved in? Um, I guess the one portion of that I wanted to be involved in, I guess that like, it goes like, you know, it's an honorable thing being able to help a family in that time of their life. It's pretty much, you know, it's one of the hardest things that people deal with when they lose a loved one. It could be the first time, it could be the millionth time. Mm. But being able to execute a job in that sense and put someone back together and make them look like the happy, healthy person, mm. you know, so they can say their goodbye. Like, I find that to be such a massive honor. Oh, totally. And, and it's something that's not really yeah. talked about. Like, I have no idea on, like, what is, like, how long is someone even, like, um, 
deceased for and, until they yeah. and, and the whole process like I have no idea about that and a lot of people you no know, one but just the whole concept like even dying like people like that's the scariest point of it if you know you're gonna die you're sitting there maybe waiting in a hospice or wherever yeah. whatever the it may be it's the scariest thing but then when you actually die no one has a clue what happens nah, like, no one wants then, to, yeah everyone no one wants to talk about death either so nah. um, there's some good philosophy like Ernest Becker I really enjoy him but like there's some fine points like you yeah, you got to take the emotion out of the equation because you don't want to get too dark or grim about things. Oh, but no, it's that's like super interesting. I like you obviously mm. seem like to be like perfectly fit for that role as well. So you actually got the opportunity yeah. to work in a mortician. Yeah, yes, yeah, so I worked full time. I worked for ages. I worked at a place where all the students so there's only one so everyone can work everywhere but when you start studying and bombing you all everyone would fly to wellington to the mortuary that i would work in and we would watch them and sign off all their things which is funny because i didn't even have my degree yeah. or anything <laughs> in it but I, I was sitting there helping everyone you know and monitoring them and what they were doing to finish mm. off their papers um jesus and so I worked, yeah, full-time. I think I was given maybe six months to learn how to embalm by myself, and I think it was about a month before I had it under my belt. I yeah, do... what's, um, say that again, what, what was that? So, so I had, I had a month, or I had six months to learn how to embalm, like, by myself. Yeah, and what, without, like, what a... is, what is that, and what's the process that goes into doing that? Or so, learning? like, a simple one like a straight case so that's like not going into every every a lot of places have different methods of doing it but the way we did it and the way that i was originally taught was so a straight case is just a simple deceased body that hasn't had a coroner's report or post-mortem examination autopsy or anything done it's just wow. a full dead body yeah full dead body and so i was um I would wash, I would get them, I would evaluate them, you look at all their weight, their color, everything like that, you kind of figure out what chemical you're going to use, what equation you'll use, the ratio of formaldehyde, all this different yeah. bits and And then I would, I guess, clean them, I'd yeah. get kind of started by cleaning them, get the body ready, well, they're obviously nude, mm. I'd have them on a big gurney, and then I generally just would raise the right artery in the throat if I could mm -hmm. just use all the terminology um, I'd raise their artery and then if that was clean and they didn't have any what blockages anything weird going on in their body I generally could pull that the jugular I'd start filling I suppose I'd start fill, pumping chemicals through the, uh, the arteries yeah, yeah. and then once, once the jugular became bulbous like yeah cut that open and just like start bleeding them out and then on top of that you're like closing i'm um, setting their features you start with that and so like i'd sew their mouth shut get in a nice pose i'd um fix their eyes and put eye caps in and then close their eyes sometimes you glue their eyes shut sometimes you just use like a cream like a caleb cream a real sticky stuff wow and so you just get them get them looking all peaceful get all the blood out of their body yeah yeah and, and at this you can see what the at that at that time when you're working on on them like what's going through your mind are you um sympathizing for them are you coming up with like 
you you wonder about them like what how this had happened to them or like like yeah. some of some of them would be like cases of like okay you're obviously old and it's kind of your time to go but have, did you come across yeah. a couple that were kind of like this just looks nasty and kind of nearly like evil or just wrong yeah we had like we had one guy we had one guy and he was in the wellington mortuary in the hospital there for ages he was like pretty much a mummy by the time we picked him up but he was like a rapist and uh, oh i think he possibly abused children Mm. so no one wanted to claim him his body just sat there until the government was pretty much like we can't have him in here anymore like he was just rotting even like a giant so it's not like he was actually rotting but he was just mummifying and so that was probably one of the most disgusting cases but like i said you have to take the emotion out of the equation when you're working around death all the time yeah you can't can't be mourning some cases are harder than the other Mm. suicide on young people was really tough but you kind of you also gain a different perspective like you look at someone who's you know felt pretty fucking awful to end up there anyhow but then you see them with their whole stomach cavity open i'm pulling out all their insides and processing it and it's just like fuck you if you thought your life was shit look at what i'm doing to you right now this is pretty shit isn't it but, mm. you know that sheds perspective as well but then it also kind of like i don't know i guess maybe it's me it's a lot of people that kind of feel that yeah feel so the same it, way is there a um is there a kind of time limit on how long someone is a mortician usually like or do people on stay how long you're a i don't know like it'd be a tough job to kind of be surrounded by 24 yeah. not not that you're doing it 24 7 but for years after years like i don't know it it did yeah. have an effect on you whether it's a week or two years but like um I was probably the happiest I ever was working full-time in a Yeah, yeah, that's interesting, right. I was thriving, like I was in my element completely, I was so, um, I guess, proud, proud and happy. Oh, that's it. Well, that's what we kind of do as you get older too, you're always just like, you... I mean, it's not healthy being around those kind of chemicals though at all, I just feel like... No, neither is like... Neither is screen printing or like, or something like that. Yeah. Like you washing off or screens. Using, yeah. Like, but the older that we get, color. we're always kind of, um, trying to get closer to a job that's actually meaningful. You know, like growing up, you kind of just like do any shit kicker job. You could be making coffee or being a waitress or a waiter. Like it doesn't that you, and you don't start thinking about that until you get older and you'd be like, I'd actually like to do something that is meaningful. And those roles are actually quite hard to get into. So it it makes sense that you were happiest ever, like, cause that is an important role. And I'm I'm so stoked for you for doing that, Kat. It sounds really good. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, there's some really excellent people that are involved, and it's another one of those things a lot of people don't want that job, where a lot of people will put their hands up, because there's always a shortage of embalmers and funeral directors, at the very least. Mm. But um, a lot of people, just like, they'll be curious. They're just curious maybe to see a dead body, what a mortuary, like, tell their mate. And then they'll have a rumble, they'll have, like, a mop there, and then they're gone, and they're like, oh. 
Mm-hmm. My partner doesn't like me bringing death on. There's so many different variables, though, to why people either get into it, yeah. get out of it. Uh, I, I kind of... It kind of stayed in contact with you um a bit like because you were getting into taxidermy and stuff like that as well which is also related to just like dead animals so you learn why i like death so much and i've always had such fascination with it i don't think there's anything wrong or weird about that it's just more that people don't even talk about it so they view it as weird but it's kind of just the unknown it's not it's not a popular thing like there's um there's music out there that people don't really listen to and they find it weird, but if yeah. you're right into that, like, you know, it's not weird at all. Yeah. No, that's how I think, though. I'm like, I think it should be a more familiar thing to yeah. people. And a long time ago, in certain cultures definitely still are in tribes and things like that are so incredibly in touch and have such beautiful rituals surrounding death. But in the Western culture, it's like we're so fucking far away from knowing what the inevitable is and what our fate is and we can just spend our whole lives filling the void and just avoiding all the shit and it's just like seriously everything's going to stop and we're all born and we're all going to die people forget that and I think it's not like you need to take all the joy and everything out of your existence but there's nothing wrong with facing the reality of your life and what may happen at any point in any time yeah People are... Sometimes being naive is... No, not... I just, yeah, I don't think it's on top of um, human existence priorities to normalise death. Like, everyone's so Mm. afraid of it, they're just... But we all die, so... uh, I find that super interesting, Kat. So how long were you doing that for? And you're obviously not doing it anymore, and why did you leave? No, no, I'm still still doing it in Christchurch. So when I came back to... Christchurch like two and a half years ago I okay. did my I was doing I was doing nursing and end of life care so I still went kind of back into that yeah collecting just collecting taxidermy and then some of the students that were up north they were just just really small industry here and they were like oh shit we got your number we heard you're back you should come work for us and so with me being juvenile in the sense that I don't drive it kind of that's what like kind of made it so i can't do that full time right now so yeah. as a 30 year old adult i'm finally i've got my learners and i'm trying to get my the rest of it sorted out yeah there's no shame in I that i know i know 30 year olds who have had their um l's multiple times like oh, you don't want a fucking car anyway that they just cost you money just <laughs> use public transport man I know, but I can't pick up dead bodies on the bus oh, or yeah. a train. That's the only... No way you can do, like, <laughs> weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> I fucking wish. I've made so many calls like that. Just like, yeah, I'm I'm bad. <laughs> All right. And people have been kind enough to, like, pick me up and drop me off. I'm like, you don't have to, but it's fine. <laughs> but no, so, like, the last thing I did, there was a pretty brutal car accident here in Christchurch and mm. a whole family pretty much got wiped out so three of them were in critical condition two of them were in critical condition two of them died one of them I think was fine and so I did the full reconstruction case of two of the uncle and the son mm-hmm. and so they're they were obliterated like so that would be like a six point kind of raising so you raise like almost every artery in the body through the stomach cavity wow 
bomb them like that. And it's just a massive process. Like, you have to remove all their insides. You put them in this bag, and you have to process, cut them up, and you process it. And then, mm. you know, you can't just not bury people without their body parts. So you kind of, like, mold no. it back into them. Have you got a and couple then, of people know, working on the one body as well? Are you with someone doing that? Or are you, you doing Yeah, I mean, yeah. when I was right in the mix of it and doing it full time I would just do it by myself unless it was like a morbidly obese human I yeah. just physically couldn't wow. yeah, yeah. Okay. their body and so we'd get that as well you'd get like recluse recluse humans that just cut themselves off from their family friends and everything and they ended up just being you know morbidly obese and they would die and be found like two weeks later wow yeah cases like that suicides Mm. Get oh, accidents, drug overdose, had HIV, someone with HIV just only one time, and those are tricky cases when working around their blood's a bit nerve wracking. Yeah, wow, yeah, but yeah, so it's the last cases that I did with the two reconstruction cases, and that was fully putting their heads back together and all the bone fragment and everything. Yeah, so how after doing an arm and so after that happened, was that definitely something that was like next level of kind of um, from the role that you had, like, and your experience in dealing with that job? Was that, did it have uh, an effect on you more than kind of what you'd been dealing with prior that? Uh, or are you still, no, I, still kind of like all sweet with it? Like, no, I was sweet. I was so happy. I went out, I went out, what? some op shop afterwards and then went and had lunch yeah i don't know why i keep on asking is if it should have some effect on you but that's that's the general thing if i if i wasn't into it or didn't know anything about it and just yeah i'd probably i'd be asking the same thing i would be thinking have an effect someone i haven't been thinking of that ever in my whole life so it's super interesting yeah i'm so proud of you for doing that role like um well, and fuck, man, there's so much heavy shit going on. Not, not that your job is heavy, <laughs> but, like, in Christchurch itself, like, recently with the shootings and everything at the mosque. Yeah. Were you there? Well, I was, like, yeah, I was, I was literally, I could hear all the gunshots. I was just, like, a door. Fuck. Like, not even, not even a block away. I can see the mosque in Linwood is where I was. Mm. I can see it from where my full-time job is. And so... Yeah, that happened, and I had a customer in, a really lovely guy and his son, a little boy. We could hear all the gunshots and everything, and I I thought, I mean, you don't really have big gun violence or anything in Christchurch in New Zealand alone, mm. but I just thought a mess had tweaked out, and it was something about drugs or something, because it's a pretty shitty part of town. Yeah, it's weird you when know. you hear guns, because you're kind of like, you're just not used to hearing it, and you, you kind of want to... Um, relate it to something else but like a gunshot is a very kind of i know it you can feel it huh it doesn't feel good yeah i just like i just didn't even like i didn't even panic i didn't even register i couldn't i couldn't imagine what was that you know what was actually going on over there why would you why would you be shooting a machine gun in around so your your brain just doesn't register that that it could be something like that so yeah so you heard that you heard it and just didn't think of anything 
no, and then a few people came in and kind of started saying something, and then I started getting all these messages and phone calls being like, oh, my God, are you all right? Because, like, the people here, obviously, they knew that I worked right next to it, and they were just like, oh, my God. And I, I had no idea. And then once it finally clicked in my head, I just rung the manager. I was like, um, people are getting shot. I'm out of here. And then people were banging on the door, but they were just, like, weird, cooked people just wanting to come in and say hello. I was just like, what the fuck are you doing? Go away. So I, I gotta go. I'm not here to talk. And so I went up to the corner where it was happening, not knowing obviously where it was. And there was just, and there's this real terrible, shabby, horrific, horrific pub right next to where the mosque is. So all the daytime drunks and pokey players were out on the street being like, ah, I want to go back in the nuggets. And I was just like, what the fuck? And there was like cops everywhere chaos people screaming and so i just turned the other way and just bailed yeah and got picked and how is the vibe how is the vibe of christchurch for the days after did it take a bit of time for everyone to kind of reflect so bleak Mm. it was so bleak but then it goes back to this whole thing like it's pretty much it's i don't know how to say it without sounding like a real kind of contour bitter i don't know but it's just like all these white people getting together being like, oh, we, didn't, we been... didn't have racism here. We didn't know, like, this is not the place for New Zealand. I'm like, have you ever hung out with people who nah, are that's white? just like, fucking politics, people. man. Like, all the fucking politics. Racism everywhere. And then uh. going out and being like, you are, they are one of us. It's like, well, there you go. You're calling them they. You're already separating that's them in the so beginning f- of this Yeah. Like, it's fucked up, it's, isn't it? It's, Absolutely fucked up. It's been a big up. denial party. Mm. I mean, I'm happy with how quickly they got stuff done, but it's been a big denial party of what a problem is in Christ, in New Zealand, yeah. and how it's been for a long time. Like, what's happened with the Māori community? Like, what's happened here? Like, it's not been peachy. It's just been a bunch of white people colonizing and taking over and pretending no one's racist. Mm. And then try pinning it off to Australia. They're like, oh, he's Australian. It's like, well, we have people like that here. Like, come on. I've been called an Iraqi suicide bomber to go back to my own country. Like, people <laughs> don't have a fucking clue. I was just like, hey, yeah, what did you say? Me. What did you say? <laughs> I literally was like, if you get an education, I will, because it's like, obvious, like a what, half Hungarian. Do that. So like, I was just like, oh, oh, it's fucking ridiculous. Cool. It is interesting yeah. to see that, like, um, uh, isn't it weird that like after such like uh like dramatic like awful events like some not that some good comes out of it like but everyone kind of like say for New Zealand they banned automatic weapons after that and it only took a week yeah. for that to happen and then yeah. like it kind of really showed how a government can just do its job and then you look at some a country like America that like they just if they just did like they kind of it's that it's kind of that easy you know you just like ban it make it, it illegal just yeah ban it just stop it from happening and I have no qualms with that no not at all happen. like you want you don't want to have that happen again like there's a step towards yeah. that so um, like hopefully like, like some people. good kind of like that's why it sounds weird like some good can come out of this yeah. so it's such a tragic thing but like uh, yeah, there's some fucked yeah, up I shit happening in the world there's yeah. tons of fucked up shit and I do hope and all these things though like on like yeah 
Not trying to sound too dark on a situation. Nah, get as dark as you want. I'm keen. Let's stay dark. <laughs> but it's like even, the, even like with the earthquakes and then with this happening, it's yeah, like it's like almost like a that. fad. It's like a fad to care about it. But once the music's over, it's like no one gives a fuck anymore. Everyone just moves on. Like mm. every single white girl and everyone was so happy to put on a hijab for like their two seconds and put it on Instagram and Facebook and everything like that. And I was just like, dude, your boyfriend has a swastika tattoo. Like, who the fuck are you? Like, oh, okay. Mm. You got you got 60 likes for the photo and you part, you yeah. part took in one thing. Do you actually care? Do you actually care once this is all over? Yeah, or do you care anymore? I had that same kind of feeling. Like, my social media just proves all that shit of how, like, um, like ungenuine people are they just like want to care because they see other people I don't know like remember when there was like not that I, you remember when there was the French um, bombing and then that like French filter yeah. came up on Facebook and then everyone was like doing the f- yeah I, everyone I, had it I, I find that so strange because like they don't give a shit about what else is happening in the world like already same with just a, the Notre Dame thing uh, recently like yeah like, yeah it's weird social media in its own self is such a weird weird platform like sometimes I like look at the internet and I see something amazing and hilarious that someone's created I'm like oh my god people in the internet are fucking amazing but the 99% yeah. of the time it's inter- fucking assholes yeah totally it's definitely it's definitely a weird scene. I wouldn't mind boycotting it um, eventually if I don't have Yeah, to. I always think about boycotting it, but then I think, like, the people I truly love, like, you guys, you and M being one of them, like, two of them. Yeah. I'm like, there's so many people that I love that aren't here. Mm. And without social media, like, you know, unless we went back to being pen pals, something cute. Yeah. Like, I think we've, d- we've written each other a couple of um, letters, maybe, but... Not for a few years now. It's been so long, Kat. I've missed you so much. It's been a long... I know, I miss you guys so much. I miss you guys with all my heart. I swear every year it's just like, Kat's moving back to Australia and we're all just going to get married and live together and it's going to be great. And it's going to get amazing. That's what I still (laughs) aim for and dream of. Like, I miss it. Like, I look back and it's one thing. Since I've come back to New Zealand, obviously there's been some great things. There's been some tragic things. Like, I lost my best my best friend in the entire world. I lost him to, like, mm. drugs and HIV mm. and a whole bunch of other shit, which really, oh, I think fuck. that in general really, yeah, it was really heavy. I'm sorry. And so I think like that, that that's all right, but I, that's heavy. You probably, do you remember me talking about my friend Finn? Yeah, where are you living? Were you living with him? Yeah, we were living together. Yeah. We were living together when I moved to Wellington, and I should have. Yeah, he just the world got the better of him. He just mm. I don't know. He consumed and consumed, and once he got into finally into a big city, it was like the gay chem sex scene just destroyed him. Oh my god! So it's just what taking a bunch of cracks and meth and fucking a bunch Fuck. of filthy guys is what he was into. It's really sad. Yeah. It is really sad. Hey, Kat, I gotta, um, is it cool if I, I just gotta swap, um, the reel over on this two track. I'm, I'm out of tape. Yeah, you're all right. So I gotta put a new reel on and then I'll give you a call back and then, um, we'll continue. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no worries. I'll take a piss and have a ciggy. Yeah, yeah, do that. I might call you back in 10. I'll, I'll text you anyway, but. Wait. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. See you. Bye. See ya.
hopefully, hopefully no one comes in. Oh, that's all good. Uh, I, I thought you might be working. Yeah, no, I always, I had, oh, I always have Sunday, Monday off, and then Sunday we were, I was on a similar buzz as you guys, as hungover as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Just watched um, Dark Crystal and ate way too much food, <laughs> and then watched a bunch of World War II movies. <laughs> oh. And then, <laughs> and then went in for a big run, and everything in the early afternoon. Yeah. Hope this guy's not coming in. Oh, I had such a similar weekend. <laughs> I even did the yeah. even did the running part to just like something needs to leave my body and for me to feel better. Uh, yeah, get the counteract all the drugs and alcohol. <laughs> well, to let to let you... everyone know, it's been a couple of days since we did talk because. Um, so are you working? Oh, yeah. So you're working now in that uh, weird plant store. Yeah, yep, yeah, working in the weird plant store. Yeah, cool. Well, got got, well, here, got here and all the staff were sad. Oh, why? Moaning. Oh, it's just typical Christchurch. Everyone's always sad and moaning, <laughs> just like I'm doing right now, just moaning about everyone being sad oh. and drinking coffee. Well, I tell you yeah. what, like before um, we had this conversation, I um, asked you, because I do a little intro song um, before... The, mm. the episode starts what a great choice of song it, it makes you so happy <laughs> like that's the opposite of sad that song i love that song oh, i love you... that i think i've had a smoky a smoky revival Man, in the summer i was listening to have great choice cat i just like completely forgot that that song or artist even exists and it just made me so happy just oh, like God. so i was just um doing a little bit of editing then and um i loved it it just made me so stoked it's such a good song. It's such a good song. Yeah. Well, it's so, it's so funny too because um, when I, the first part of this convo was like super, just like heavy concepts and so, and then you just picked such a lighthearted song. <laughs> I love it. It's perfect. <laughs> good, good. I wish I was sitting in the sun listening to it. Yeah. I'm so, the way, oh. it's brutal. After getting off what FaceTime with you and M. Yeah. And then... Oh, yeah, I have a boyfriend. Call me. I don't think we've even touched on that. He picked me up, and then his aunt, or his sister, sorry, his sister was Scott just from uh, Brisbane. Yeah, right. like, oh, oh, you know, it's a bit cold here, and she's, like, sitting out in the sun, and we're just, like, sitting in, like, torrential downpour in, like, three-degree oh. weather. We're just, like, so, you have it so much better over there. So is your boyfriend um, from New Zealand as well? And Yeah, he's... He's a Kiwi. He's a Maori man. He's yeah, right. A Maori. But she lives in Australia. He's a Kiwi. He's a Maori man. He's yeah, a Maori. Right. But she lives in Australia. Yeah, well, there's no rules with this um, show, Kat. We can start off from yep. wh where we left or we can go anywhere you want. I think when we did leave, you were talking about... Um, we were talking about the pretty much earthquake, like... You... Oh, yeah, the earthquake and the mosques and things. Eh? Yeah, yeah, well, Mosque we did the shootings and that was heavy. But how old were you when you went, like, how many earthquakes have you been through in New Zealand? Been through pretty much all of them. I think maybe when I was in Australia, maybe I gapped one of the big ones. Mm. But I was doing night shift for the first big earthquake. 
And I got a, oh, there was only me and a few people there, and, like, the building was fucked. Building was fucked. It was pretty, pretty scary. And then, um, just typical New Zealand, like, oh, no, it'll be fine. Everything will be fine. And so no one really put anything into place after that. And then the second one happened, the big one. And then I was doing day shift for that one, and I was working in a really old hospital. Luckily, I was in the newer wing, but the whole building, the building just came down, still non-existent, and people died in it. Got a gold medal from doing that. I didn't freak freak out like some people, and I just got people out. So you, I just did you say you, you received a gold medal? Yeah, I got an earthquake, a gold medal from the Oceana whatever health board and stuff like wow. that in New Zealand. That would have been so... How old? Sorry, sorry, I'm butting in. How old were you? I'm just trying to visualize it going down and like... Oh, I would have been, been like 20. Yeah, yeah. So 20, 20 year when old was cat I met, just saving lives. 21, 20, 21 year old cat, yeah. Mm. Just a, just yeah. a young... Just, that's, yeah, just before I moved to Australia. Yeah, yeah, I remember that story when um, just like pretty much first meeting you and, mm. you know, when we all start to really um, connect and get deep with stories, I remember you telling me that story and it was just like I'd never experienced anything like that and you had a ton of those stories that just... Cr- yeah, crushed. it was weird. It was weird moving there like after that because I guess... You become, like, when you're in Christchurch at that period, everyone was so, everyone, like, you know, it was real community, and everyone banded together, Mm. and then you get out of it, and then you're in a country where people don't know, and they don't really understand the extent of it, so a lot of people kind of make jokes to think it was dumb, or not nearly as bad as it was, Yeah. or just, yeah, so I think when I still got there, I was still in a pretty vulnerable, when I look back, like, when I actually moved back to New Zealand, I could kind of reflect a lot more on things and was just like, wow, I was still really vulnerable and, you know, but <laughs> processing takes me ages to process, I think, things properly. I bet. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of so, it's getting to the point now, it's ridiculous that um, I haven't been over to Christchurch or anywhere in New Zealand. Like, there's so much to yeah. see and I just like, what is that only this year seeing some footage of Christchurch and there's still so many areas that haven't been rebuilt and no oh it's still just red zoned just red zoned and you can see like afterwards like there's been a lot of stress there's a lot of aftermath and you can look into like um even women who were pregnant at the time of the earthquake and the amount of stress that was hormones that were releasing into the bodies and now there's children that in the womb at that time that were affected and they're coming out you know all problematic i suppose yeah under so much stress and that kind of yeah released to them so there's still a lot of aftermath and some people like not to sound like i'm dark on my sister at all i don't want to say anything that sounds bad because i love her but even like her she like it was like she maybe she's the kind of person that she was i don't know she like um because she was so out of control, couldn't control anything at that time, she's become quite a controlling person yeah. since all of that. Yeah. And it's quite interesting. Like, yeah, there's a lot of different people and things. Why are the school kids at the door? You're dreamers. Yeah. <laughs> but you can see uh, <laughs> you're not coming in here, kid. But, yeah, so there's a lot of different, a lot of aftermath still. But it's 
I think I was we were saying before, maybe before we stopped the conversation prior, it's like after the earthquake, it's like a momentary kind of thing of everyone banded together in community and love and helping one another. And then the fad kind of is over and then yeah. everyone's just shitty again. And it's the same with the mosque. It was like, you know, it was cool for like a couple weeks there for everyone to you know, I'm not saying people didn't care because a lot of people do care. Yeah, but you would have had people but, visiting the mosque like every day and, um, you know. Yeah, and just going to take a selfie in front of it or, you know, a bunch of white girls that, like I think I was saying before, white people who just did not give a fuck about anything. And I've heard some pretty terrible shit come out of some of these people's mm. mouths. Yeah. And then suddenly it's like, you know, they can wear a hijab for the day and get a selfie and put it on Facebook. And it's just like, that's not fucking solving any problem or doing anything. Yeah. How's that helping? Yeah. How's that helping? Just another point of privilege and just whatever, and it's just not into it. No. But even now, it's like everything just gets forgotten at that point, and people are just left even more stressed, and you can feel the stress and heaviness in Christchurch a lot of the time. Yeah. And everything's so, yeah. all the little townships and things, there's not a good flow to anything. Everything's just separated. Wow. What was that? Hello. Sorry. Thanks for calling me Hello? back. Hello. Can anyway. you hear me? Yeah. Well, you're all right. You're all right. I didn't even know I could ring. I didn't. Didn't even know I could. I thought maybe you had a customer and you were deciding to unlock the door for them. <laughs> nah. No, no one's coming yet. I hope they don't. I hope no one comes in. Just a bunch so do you of all, do you just work by yourself? Oh, long. That's a long, weird story. I do work pretty much by myself all the time now. I did work with a really old friend of mine, a really old friend. And so we started flatting together and working together, which was all good. Like, it was no qualms with, like, living and working with one another. But it would have been last Guy Fawkes. He decided he was in love with me and went crazy, oh. went absolutely crazy. Yeah. Picked me out of the house and just, like, went mental. There yeah. was so much to the story, but it was fucked up. I couldn't even leave my room. Like, he'd be, like, sleeping on the couch, watching my door, sending me all these fucking crazy messages every second. Yeah. Just screaming. Oh, it was absurd. Shit. It was absurd. And so it's only been recently that we he came right, kind of, and was like, I'm really sorry about all that shit. Oh, I got a customer coming in. It's a man right. in a wheelchair. So I better, better tend to him. I'll give you a ring back real soon. Yeah, well, all right, cool. Sounds good. All right, bye. All right, see you, Jordy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right, bye. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. And we're back. How'd you go? Any uh, any sales? Yeah, no, a few hundred, few hundred bucks. <laughs> oh, nice one, Kat. Few hundred bucks. <laughs> that guy, that guy who who just came in in the wheelchair. He's like, oh, I don't know if he has MS. I'm not exactly sure what's brought him into being completely disabled, but he's such a kind man. Yeah, and he's obviously growing heaps of, you know, whatever, his personal stuff. Yeah. And because he's so handicapped, these guys keep breaking into his house and stealing thousands of dollars of equipment. 
What the fuck? What, like just like his shit, stealing his shit. Yeah, or just breaking in whatever place he has it in, and it's just like, and Christchurch is small, so everyone knows who it is, and it's obviously some guy who thinks he's the man, but he's rip, you know, he's doing this to a completely handicapped person. That's feels fine. so bad. Such oh, a nice guy. That's so He's so fucking... nice. He's got his little dog with him, and he's always in his wheelchair and giant, you know, van yeah. made up. So he can drive around, and fuck, he's a, he's a honey. Yeah, so you just had a little chat with him? Yeah, had a little chat, sold him a bunch of CO2 oil and whatever else he needed. Yeah, you're good on you, Kate. You're employee, <laughs> employer of the uh, day, you... Month. Employee of the day. Yeah. The I'm always the only one here. I'm so sick of it. Oh, well, um, that's all right. At least you got a job. You know, at least I have a job. It is easy as all hell. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, um, you wouldn't believe it, but I'm nearly out of tape again, um, Kat. That's but all right. We've done our time, I reckon. And I, I just want to say, like, thank you so much for, like, sharing your story and telling us um those moments in your life like all those stories it was really good to talk to you and thanks for letting me to letting me record it and put it out there thanks for inviting me and thinking of me well kat we've um we've reconnected we're we're back we're um i'm back our umbilical cords are connected again yeah and then you can't well, you can cut them, but you can't cut ours. <laughs> we don't want to. I don't want to cut the cord. I don't want to cut the cord I ever just again. I want to live with it on forever. As ugly as it is, yeah. like. Feed each other that way. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> uh, Feed each other that way. I love it. Oh, it's been beautiful. It's been beautiful, Jordy. I love it. I love getting to talk to you. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I would like to talk to you when I'm not, like, kind of recording so that'd be nice to just yeah. have, have a private yeah, we'll, conversation we'll definitely do that yep hell yeah we'll do that <laughs> all right we'll absolutely do it well i say my right. goodbyes now while the tape is just about to run out no all right see you jordy i love you and i think customers are here anyhow all right cool but love you cat and i'll talk to you soon okay all right, mate. see ya thank you bye-bye bye, -bye. bye. And that is the end of the show. You've been listening to Real Unreal, and I was speaking with my friend Kat. And I'm going to leave you with a song that she chose called I Second That Emotion by Smokey Robinson. Peace. Peace.